Hi, I'm Maeve Marston and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Anton Enos has been a news broadcaster for three and a half decades. Since 1999, he has anchored SBS World News and has occasionally been a guest presenter on SBS Insight. His bucket list includes finishing that fiction manuscript that has for years been gathering dust in a drawer. He performed this story in Sydney. Thanks for waiting. I came here directly from the SBS News studio, so you could say I'm almost literally hot off the press. (laughs) My story is entitled, My Brief and Glorious Career, not the one you may be thinking of. When I was a child growing up in Durban on the east coast of South Africa, we lived for many years in a rented house at number 40 Tills Crescent. Here's a big clue about my parents. The house was nicknamed Club 40. The the parentals loved to throw a party. Food and booze, lots of loud music. It would always end up with a massive sing-along at the piano. Extraordinarily exciting for a young kid. Once I came home from a weekend hike with my Boy Scouts troop. (laughs) True story. To find the house in quite a state. There'd been one heck of a party, and this was the morning after the night before. Wine bottles everywhere, unknown smears on the carpet, strange people sleeping in my bedroom. (laughs) What did I do? Well, what could I do? I got out the broom and started sweeping. I cleaned up the mess because I was a good Boy Scout. And sometimes, just sometimes, The 11-year-old kid is the most responsible person around. (laughs) Not that I could always be relied upon to be responsible. As a young child, I once set a car on fire. (laughs) But that's another story. (laughs) When they weren't hosting raucous parties, my parents had an open house policy. People would just drop in at all times of the day or night. One group in particular caught my very young and impressionable attention, my parents' drag queen friends. There was Sandra and Lenny and Cassandra and Piper Laurie. Those of you of a certain age will know that Piper Laurie was a name borrowed from a Hollywood star of that era. Sandra and Lenny and Cassandra would come over and do my mum's hair, add a bit of colour or whip out a pair of scissors and do a bit of shaping. You know, something fabulous. Mum was a dressmaker, so it was a mutually beneficial arrangement. She could quickly run up some amazing evening gown with flowing trains and lots of tulle, which went exquisitely well with the beehive hairstyle that ruled the day. Those creations might later be seen on stage at a drag competition. We were a working-class family in which uh, money was tight, So the parties, I guess, were a great way to liven up a dull week of truck driving for dad or sewing for mum. Come to think of it, wouldn't it be amazing if mum had been the truck driver and dad the dressmaker? (laughs) But once again, that's a possibility for another story. Dad was a tough guy, a real man's man. He was a champion wrestler in his day. He played rugby for a local club. Not the kind of character you would imagine hanging out with drag queens. And yet, that's exactly what he did. Mostly, I think, he would just try to ignore their more flamboyant moments and sometimes even pretend to be asleep 
when they were busy with their girl talk. Of course, for a sensitive, artistic boy like myself, this was an astonishing thing. An Aladdin's cave filled with shiny creatures wearing cheap bling and lots of makeup. They all seemed so glamorous, so utterly confident and comfortable in their fake leopard print skins. Mum, no doubt under the influence of her style council, used to create outfits for me. Today, I want to curl up in a hole and die over some of them. <laughs> Probably. But then, I have to admit I had a soft spot for them. They were, in a word, unique. There was the pale blue twin set. Does everyone know what a twin set is? The outer, the, the outer garment fastened only at the neck, which meant it sort of splayed open in a kind of inverted V-shape. I used to wear it coupled with white trousers to the movies on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that no one else had anything like it. And then there were the chocolate brown pants, possibly made of crimpline or something equally synthetic, which mum ran up for me on her Singer sewing machine. If the truth be told, they were really girl slacks. But I loved them. They were so comfortable. <laughs> Mum also had a collection of wigs that she used to use to transform herself. They were her favorite party look. If there's anyone here who's a, a fan of that fabulous Canadian sitcom Schitt's Creek, and you should be, <laughs> Moira Rose, the mother played by Catherine O'Hara, has a similar fetish. Though I hasten to add that my mum was not a faded soapy star. The wigs were long, straight hair, short with lots of curls, all kinds of colours and textures. It was great for dressing up. Which, when the grown-ups were off for a night on the town, is exactly what we kids would do. I had some friends and a couple of cousins about the same age as me, and we would raid mum's wardrobe for something sequined or sleek, coupled with an uber-glamorous hairdo courtesy of the wigs. And we would have our own voguing parties up and down the long passage that ran down the middle of the house. Not sure how I ended up gay. <laughs> it's a complete mystery. So having Sandra and Lenny and co, these fabulous icons of drag queendom up close, the next logical step, surely, would be to step onto the stage myself. Stuff the fact that I was shy and introverted and not particularly talented. Or was I? I entered a talent contest and won. Singing, of all things, the theme from Love Story. Where do I begin? to tell the story of how great love can be. Shirley Bassey, with her slinky dresses and teased up hair, did a big belting version of that song. I'm sure you remember it. That was the start of my brief and glorious career as an 11-year-old nightclub singer. <laughs> I would do the circuit of venues driven by my parents or their friends to perform with a live band. Of course, I had a special outfit for these performances, 
not made by my mum on her Singer sewing machine, thank goodness. Platform shoes, tartan bell-bottom trousers, and a genuine fake leather jacket. I would be paid about 10 rand for singing a few songs. In today's money, that would be about one Australian dollar. But the joke was on them, because I would gladly have performed for free. Such was the thrill of being on the stage. The shy introvert who loved nothing more than sitting in a corner reading a book was left well and truly at home. This was Cinderella at the ball. I ended up touring with a variety show grandly entitled The Stars of Africa. And we played small provincial towns. It was great. Shoestring budget, we managed to be ready to rock and roll every time the curtain went up. And in true showbiz tradition, not everything went to plan. I remember stepping out of the wings for my turn in the spotlight one night. Only the chords I was hearing were unfamiliar. The band was not playing my song. What to do? Well, I did the most obvious thing. I panicked. I stepped out there with great confidence and launched into the song I was intending to sing all along. <laughs> not the song the band was playing. I was saying a little prayer that the audience wouldn't notice. <laughs> and if they did, well, my defense was that I was 11 and a rank amateur. Anyway, the band scrambled and segued into some kind of sync with me and the show went on. The lesson in all of this, I guess, is that we all have the capacity to surprise ourselves, to step out from the wings and to release the inner artist. When I set out to be a journalist 35 years ago, I never thought I could be a news presenter. And then I became one. And when I was a news presenter, I never thought I could emcee events in front of actual people. And then I did that. We all possess the secret knowledge of how to fly. It's just a case of flapping a little bit harder. There's a postscript to my story. At the end of 1983, I went to live in Johannesburg to take up my first job as a journalist. I was penniless and spent the first month in a place called The Res, which was a very modest residential hotel. The Res was a colorful place. It had a gay bar and a nightclub. Part of the subculture I was about to join, but which at that moment scared the shit out of me. My tiny room was down a dark corridor that gave the place a creepy atmosphere. Intriguingly, in the room right next to mine, there was a permanent resident, an old drag queen, who I later discovered was well-known around the bars and clubs. She was raspy-voiced, larger than life, and wore a covering of makeup that was a little frightening. She was, by this time, quite elderly and went by the name of Granny Lee. Now, here's the thing. I was convinced that Lee and Lenny who used to come and hang out at Club 40 and do my mum's hair, were the same person. I couldn't be 100% sure, of course, 
because I'd been quite young and impressionable in those earlier days, but I reckon I was right. Lee kept her door open, and when I walked past in the corridor, I'd see her sitting in there putting on her face for a night out. I probably got an occasional grunt of acknowledgement from her, but there was no sign that she recognised me. And why would she? Being a, 20, a shy 22-year-old, I was certainly not brave enough to step into the lioness's den and say, hey, do you remember hanging out at my house when I was a kid? I wish I had made that effort, stepped out from the wings and into her spotlight, because there's one thing I would have liked to have said to Lee or Lenny. I would have said, thank you. Thank you for showing me it's not just okay to be different, it's fun, it's joyous, it's exciting. And it helped a little 11-year-old queer boy find the courage to have a brief and glorious career. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. Attention makes me strong and I'm slightly isolated from it at the moment. Share your favourite ones on socials and follow Queer Stories on Facebook, plus me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter. If you enjoy Queer Stories, consider signing up to my Patreon. The link's in the podcast description.